What would it feel like to be able to have an antidote for discouragement in times of despair? That's a powerful idea. I think we find some of the solution right here. Welcome to the Grow Time Business Devo, where we explore God's principles for living a high performance and a God-honoring life. And my name is Kenneth Ott. And today we're in Psalm 42. And this is a Psalm that you might've heard before, you've probably known. And there's such good stuff in here for us as high performance people, people with ambition, owners, entrepreneurs. Uh, There's just such good stuff here. So I'm gonna read portions of it and then I'm gonna just break some things down. It goes like this. I'll read from the NIV today. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive people. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan from the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is within me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning oppressed by my enemies? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. So I read that entire Psalm because it's sort of a storyline. Okay, there's a narrative to it that I kind of wanted to break down. I just, there's so much kind of interesting stuff in here. Um, And so this psalmist is in despair, doubt, disappointment, discouragement. And I know I've felt that deeply before. I've felt that even recently before. It's not a good feeling, that feeling of despair and, and And discouragement is something that, especially if you're a leader and you're leading something, it's hard, right? You you lose direction, right? You don't know where you're going. You can't run fast. You just don't even want to move on, especially. And if you're leading a group of people, that's really difficult, right? Because you as a leader are supposed to be the one that always has the vision. And the truth is you don't. You don't always have the vision. You aren't always encouraged. You aren't always full of courage you often have to fake it, fake it till you actually make it. And that's actually part of what's in here, right? So this person's deeply discouraged. It says, my tears have been my food day and night. 
And my enemies continually taunt me saying, where is your God? And so when you feel like the whole, this, the person, the world is against them. And so then he goes into this and I remember these things, right? And he goes into um, the things that he remembered. I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. All right, so these are all the good times, right? So this is bad times that they're in and they remember all the good times. So one of the takeaways here, and you're gonna see this throughout this, is remembering the good times. Remembering your highlight reel because that's going to be an asset that is an asset for what you will come into contact with all the challenges in the future. Remembering the highlight reel. Uh, and then it goes into the, you know, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. So first, the first half of this is really weird. He's talking to himself and you hear this in, in several Psalms, but this, this, this is a famous verse. Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? So he's clearly talking to himself. Have you ever spoken to yourself? Have you, do you ever talk to yourself? I've talked about this idea of, and it's just not, it's not mine, it's not new, it's, it's of, the, of the two selves. Your, your one self, uh, your soul just is, it, it's, it's highly emotional, right? It's the feeling portion of you. And so it's not necessarily rational and it's all feeling. And so that, that can be a dangerous thing often. Um, it's a powerful thing, but it's a very dangerous thing. And so your mind has to talk to your soul. Like you need to speak to your soul and manage it. Otherwise it'll take you in, in uh, really dangerous directions, right? If you just follow your feeling and follow your emotion. Um, that idea of follow your heart, that might be a dangerous idea right? Alone. You want to uh, be led by feeling and use your mind uh, to wrap it in wisdom and reality. And so, so this person is talking to his soul. I just thought that that was interesting that the next verse says, hope in God, which says, put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. So the first thing is he's asking his, 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 himself a question. And maybe, maybe he's trying to get perspective. I know that there are probably situa situations that you've been in because I know there are situations that I've been in where I feel down and discouraged. And then I have to check myself in my reality, right? Which is like, there's no, like, in, in grand perspective, there's no reason I should be discouraged. I shouldn't be down right now. And you have to give yourself perspective. And maybe, maybe that's what's happening right here. You've had all these good times. God is with you. Why are you downcast? And you have to have that conversation. And sometimes that's bringing a valuable perspective. Um, I've, I've mentioned before how I keep a journal and the reason I keep a journal is not because I like to talk about my feelings. 
in in uh, and and feel like I have to write every day. That's actually re- the reasons why I never kept a journal were those reasons. I didn't want to feel like it was a chore and homework. I didn't want to do all these and 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 have to like just randomly talk about my feelings in a book um, until someone uh, framed journaling for me differently. And so I keep a journal for a couple reasons. Number one, and and actually all the reasons are in this psalm. Was was funny about that as I as I read this this morning. Uh, the first one is to remember all the good times, the highlights. I want to keep a highlight reel and I want to keep it. I want to make sure I'm noting down all the times that I've won, that amazing things have happened, that God showed up, that answers to prayers have happened, like all these things. And even small things, okay? Because a highlight reel is really important, okay? Um, The second reason is I can gain perspective. And so I've noticed as I go through different things that, uh, or different phases, that there are times when I feel very hopeful and very encouraged and full of vision. And then there are times when I'm discouraged and I'm feeling down and I don't feel like things are clicking the right way. And as I've looked at back over the years, you realize that really the major thing in most of those scenarios the major thing that's changed is perspective, not necessarily the situation. And so journaling helps you get that. Journaling also is a really good way to get illustrations and stories from your life. So if you're in marketing and you, and you need to use stories from your past to kind of illustrate points at times, like journaling is a good way to do that. One of the reasons I do that is to, to, to gain perspective. And I think in verse five right here, why are you downcast on my soul? Maybe he's giving himself perspective. Like you shouldn't be downcast. Look at all of this, right? There's no reason to be downcast. Um, and then the next verse is really important. And this is the other takeaway that I had for us today is he says, right after that, right after that question, he says, put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And so, first he asks his soul a question, and then he tells his soul what to do. Put your hope in God. And then he decides to take action. For I will yet praise him. It's really interesting to see, even in the Bible, how speaking truth to yourself when there are lies told to you by yourself, right? By the spiritual side, by the enemy. Like there are those lies, they are coming at you. Speaking truth to yourself is a powerful thing. And that's part of this self-talk. Part of this inside voice is this idea of speaking truth to yourself. And then he takes immediate action. And I've, I've mentioned in the past this idea of having a a tool belt of actions. I call them action habits, but having a tool belt of actions that you can take somewhat blindly um, and that you do every day, but then you can also take out when a situation happens, right? So those actions might be praise. Those actions might be prayer. Those actions might be working out. 
Those actions might be certain practices and disciplines through the day that you need professionally for your profession. The same way a pro athlete would you know, be working on passing and footwork and those kind of things, you need the same type of things in your profession. And those actions, when you have them conditioned and when you have them in a tool belt, they actually allow you to, to change your situation because uh, you know, we have circumstances and we all think that, I think it's natural to believe that in a circumstance that however you feel is, is, is going to be the way you feel no matter what. But the truth is, is that when you have a circumstance, you've got thoughts around that circumstance, which then create feelings, right? Which then lead to actions, which then lead to results. And they're all separate. And so when you can speak to yourself and have an a- actions that, that actually short circuit that cycle, okay? So instead of feelings, thoughts, and actions, right? You actually can take action that then change your thoughts and then change your feelings. And this is proven scientifically. I, uh, I follow this, this uh, neuroscientist uh, named Andrew Huberman. And he's recently talked about this phenomenon of every, most, most people operate as feelings, thoughts, actions. And so your actions are results of feelings and thoughts. And there's a debate whether or not which one comes first. You know, uh, there's, a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot that says that thoughts impact feelings and they do directly. But for most people, you feel something, right? And that leads to certain types of stories and thoughts coming out of that feeling which then lead to certain types of actions. So if it's a negative feeling about a situation, that's going to lead to a negative story, right? A negative thought pattern. And then that's going to lead to most likely negative actions, okay? Um, And so when you wonder why you're getting bad results, you follow that chain all the way up. You ask yourself the question, like how do I think and feel about this particular situation? But there's a way to shortcut, short, short circuit that. And that is starting with action. So when you're in a situation, you start with action, right? And not, and not um, ration, irrational action. I'm talking about an action habit, right? Something that you can do like praying or praising or working out, right? I'm not saying you run in, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not moving forward without an aim, or that thinking about it, but it's more an action habit that's on your tool belt that helps to steady you, that helps to bring you to a certain mindset that then allows you to think clearly and then take appropriate action forward. That's, that's the idea here. What we see right here is he asks his soul a question and then immediately he tells his soul what to do, put your hope in God, because we've had all this proof that God's shown up. So your hope should be in God because that's, we can see it all, for this person, we can see it all around us. And then he takes action for I will yet praise him. And we know that actions like praise and prayer and even movement and those kind of things lead to improving your perspective on a situation, your, your, your lens on a situation, and those lead to better results more better actions that lead to better results. I think that's the, the second takeaway here. And then I just have um, a one more thing. This next part illustrates exactly why 
I think it's valuable to keep a journal. And, uh, and it's in verse six. And I'll read from, uh, from this version, which is King, King James. Oh my God, my soul is downcast within me. So he, it's my God, right? He's claiming my God. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan. This is the part. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan and from the heights of Hermon. You see what's happening here? Is he's looking back and saying, here are all the ways you, sh- you showed up before. Here are all the ways you showed up before. And here's the proof to what I just said. So I just told my soul, I will yet praise him my savior, my God. I just put my faith and hope in God. I changed from doubt and despair to a hopeful direction, right? And I said, I'm gonna put my hope in God. And now he's remembering the time so he can rationalize to his other self, to his soul, why it's logical as also to put your hope in God in his situation. And that is a big takeaway. It's one of the reasons why I call it a highlight reel. All right, you might call it a prayer journal or a miracle journal. I actually, you know, we don't, we don't realize throughout the days all the ways God shows up. And then when a situation happens and we feel despair or, or we ho- feel hopeless, we don't have the rational proof that's happened in our lives. You know, I think back to like the children of Israel, like all these massive miracles would happen and they still wouldn't trust. And when you look at them, we're like, how could they do that? That's, that's ridiculous. Like, you know, you parted the Red Sea and manna from heaven and how could they still not trust him to go into the land of Canaan? Well, I don't think we really put ourselves in the context all the time because they're in the wilderness. There's a lot of, there's potentially a lot, there's 40 years, right? So there's a lot of time between these miracles and human beings forget things real fast. They would create altars back in the Old Testament. And, um, and I've actually gotten to the habit of kind of doing that myself now with my family um, because it's just so, it's really, it's really powerful to have a visual, physical representation of when God showed up in a certain way to do something but they would create altars and you don't have to create altars. You just have to log down the times throughout your day. You know, even if you weren't spiritual, when, when just good things happen, you know, when, when things work, when the things you're trying to work on work out, write them down, right? When you win that deal, when, you know, I got, I have kids in, in, in soccer and I coach them and, uh, we won my, my, uh, one of my teams won the championship last year and it was awesome. It was a powerful time. And, and so they won the championship and, you know, and then I got all the, it's my girls. I got, I got all the girls together and I said, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to like close your eyes and smell how it smells. It had just been raining. It was at night. It was a night game in the spring. Smell, like remember the smell. All right. Remember how you feel, right? Your feet are probably, you're, they're all wet because it was just raining. So the field was soaking wet. So like their, their cleats are all soaked through. Remember how you, remember how, how it feels. 
think about how happy you are right now and the celebration that you just had. And I had no close their eyes and do all these kind of things, right? So like really, really ingrain in your head the situation, right? Break it down, like savor it so that you can remember it. And, uh, and then I had them, I said, I said like everybody right here, like this, this win, this is an asset of yours, right? This is something that you could take into the future. It doesn't matter if it was just rec, you know, soccer. It doesn't matter. To you, it was a it was a huge accomplishment. It's a huge win, right? Remember it. And then I had them write it down. I said, go home, write down all the details of the night that you can remember. Write down the part of the game because the other team scored first. And we didn't think we were going to win. Like, you know, in soccer, there's not many goals, right? So the other team scored first. I said, write down when you thought you weren't going to win and how it kind of came back, right? And how you overcame that feeling. And then you pushed through and, and got the courage back and, 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 and went and actually scored and scored again and stopped the goal and made the save and all these different things. And you pushed harder than you thought you could push and you and you were really thirsty and you, you thought you were going to pass out, but you kept going and all the different things, like break it down in detail and write it down because that is going to be an asset for the future. Um, I've taught this to my kids, you know, all the little times, whether you make the team or when you, or when you pray for the help, God to help you in this little certain area of that you're struggling with, you know, maybe a test in school or something like that. And, and, and you do it and you accomplish it, write it down. There was a time in our life, there was one situation where we were driving, our whole family's in the car. It was Christmas Eve. We were driving back from, some, from a family member's house. I didn't realize that I, I now realize that I'm a, I, I have a, a shrimp allergy, but I didn't realize that then. So I just had uh, you know, we're an Italian house. And so there's like feast of the seven fishes and there's just like every seafood that could possibly exist on Christmas Eve. I ate it all. I drove, then we had to drive an hour and we got all our family in the car, drove an hour. And um, I started not feeling great at the beginning of the drive. And I, I, uh, I had my little daughter pray, right? So she prayed this since she was like three years old at the time. So she prayed this prayer of protection over us and I didn't know it was going to happen. So she prays, right? And, I could, and we could feel it. Like it was, it was really powerful. We get on the road. We are driving, you know, whatever, 60 miles an hour on the highway. And I pass out. I pass out driving. This is like, you know, on a really busy road. But for what somehow, miraculously, I wake up, about, probably about 10 seconds. I wake up and we're on the side of the road on the shoulder. We had gone, and somehow we didn't hit any cars. My wife had guided the car off an exit, and somehow I woke up in time to press the brake. It was really scary at the time, and we got home and everything. And that was it was like an impactful time of our family. But everyone remembered my daughter's prayer, and and we sat down. We said, "Hey, look, this is one of those times where we, the times where we pray for protection, this, this is where God showed up, write it down. All right. So that's not to say like, this is not theologically saying every time you pray for protection, that's going to happen. But the idea is write down those times where 
you win, where God shows up or where you just win because you need your highlight reel for the times when the troubles and the challenges and the despair and the discouragement come, right? You need that and you need all of them. Like write them all down, log them all down. Um, I do that in business a lot. You know, I'll, I'll write down where we had wins. Okay. So that next time I feel like I'm in a situation where, oh, this is not going to turn around. I can look back and be like, actually it turned around here, 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 and here. Right. I'm speaking to my soul. I'm having the rationale to give back to my soul. I just think that that is so powerful. And I'll just kind of end with this. Verse nine and 10, the psalmist goes into this really weird part. He says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning oppressed by my enemy? Why, 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 why? And he continues going on. And I just wrote down um, in my Bible to refuse self-pity because following that verse, he then refuses it. Why my soul you're downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my God and my, my savior and my God. If you're in a challenging situation, if you're in a discouraging situation, you must Refuse self-pity. Self-pity is a dangerous and powerful drug. It feels so good to wallow in self-pity. And then it feels even better to get others feeling bad for you. It's a dangerous and a powerful drug. It's one that perpetuates weakness, right? You you will just, it's just going to drain you and everyone around you. It is not saying that you don't have to confide in someone when you're feeling down, okay? It is not saying that genuine communication and connection with someone when you're feeling down is bad because that's good, right? There are times when that's good, but it really can quickly turn into being too much and basically being self-pity. And self-pity, it's a dangerous, powerful drug. And I think... I've met so many people um, addicted to this. There are times in my life early on where I, I had a lot of temptation to, to, to self-pity. Self-pity is, I believe, of the devil. It, is, it only leads to negativity. There's nothing good that comes out of self-pity. It's a, it's a victim mentality, right? Woe is me, why me, woe is me. This always happens, this always happens. That's one side of it. The other side of it is the words that you're using are going to perpetuate that situation. It's not going to change by talking about it that way, right? This always happens to me. Why am I so oppressed? You know, why must I go? All all this stuff. He's talking to God. He says, why have you forgotten me? Resist self-pity. And I'll flip that coin and say this next thing. Pray what you've got. Pray what you got. There is no need to polish your prayers for God. You can tell him how you're feeling. And we see that here. I don't know if he's doing this in self-pity or not. It seems to me like he might be, but it doesn't matter. We know when we're self-pitying ourselves, but 
at the same token, we can just speak whatever we have. He actually asks God why he's forgotten him. God clearly hadn't forgotten him, but that's okay. Pray what you got. Because if, if nothing else, talking through the situation to yourself provides clarity. And then he repeats it again. And he ends on, why my soul are you downcast? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. Repetition is so important because when we're going through times, I talked about those action habits that we need to have in our tool belt. It is so important to be conditioning these things and these thoughts, the the positive thought patterns, the positive actions, conditioning them over and over again. Because when you're in a down situation and we all know what that feels like, you don't want to, right? It's, it's very hard to get yourself to do it. So to do it for the first time or um, to do it for, the, for, for maybe the second time or third time, right? Is really hard. You need momentum around that. You need to condition those action habits prior to the situation. And then when you're in the situation, you need to repeat the truth over and over again. That's what we see here. What would it feel like to be able to have an antidote for discouragement um, in times of despair? I think that's a powerful idea. I think we find some of the solution right here in some of these things, like talking to your soul, right? Talking to yourself. Um, telling it the truth, telling your soul the rational truth that you know to be true, bringing perspective to it, and then taking action with an action habit like praise. Keeping a a journal, a highlight reel, that, that would be an asset for your life. And I think there's power in it. So listen, I hope that this was helpful for you today. It went a little longer than normal. But um, I hope this helps you live a more inspired, high-performance life. Um, And if you'd like to learn more, if you'd like to get these, maybe even daily, you can visit businessdevo.com or bizdevo.com. And if you'd like to learn more about me, you can visit um, kennethott.com. Thank you and never stop growing.